Hey, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter. Uh, we delayed the record time a little bit this week just to make sure uh, that we were 100% certain of the field that was playing at this this week. Uh, there was obviously going to be a couple withdrawals with the Monday finish with the players, and that's exactly what we got yesterday afternoon uh, with Paul Casey, obviously one of the favorites, withdrawing a two-time winner here. Uh, he's out of the field for this week. And then, of course, Sebastian Munoz uh, withdrew yesterday afternoon. Now, as far as the players, it was concerned, led, uh, hit two best bets, but uh, definitely ran into some trouble with that first round draw uh, had Kepka over Henley. Kepka got screwed in that first round draw. Taylor Gooch got screwed in that first round draw. I had him over answer. Um, and then of course, Morikawa ran into some trouble as well. Uh, Led, let's hear more about what your, what your week uh, uh, pertained of. Yeah. I mean, you had that kind of day after tomorrow weather, you know, that movie where the ocean's kind of engulfing the Statue of Liberty and then it's, you know, an ice age. Uh, it seemed like they got every uh, type of weather you could get. Obviously, Cameron Smith is our was our champion. You know, a little debatable course management down the stretch there at 18, uh, uh, chipping it out there into the water and stuff. But, uh, you know, money uh-huh. with the... I won't. I'll always question why uh, those players just don't go for the the aggressive rip cut when you, when you when you hit the ball right on eighteen. It seemed like him and Keegan were trying to hit this little draw out to the fairway. I don't understand what all all of that was about. Why not just get aggressive, go for the big cut, and if you hit it in the water, so be it. Yeah, and well, you remember last year? I think it was like this FedEx St. Jude where Cameron Smith was in the right trees and was like tied second and made like triple and ended up finishing uh, like ninth or 10th or something. Um, so, you know, he obviously in that situation is not too afraid. I mean, well, you and I, we weren't really on Cam Smith this past yeah. week just because he does have a tendency to have that squirrely driver. I mean, we saw variations of that, whether it be on 16 with that's probably one of the biggest snap hooks you'll, you'll see out there. Yeah, Led, he, he was the he is the first player championship in history to hit under fifty percent of uh, under fifty percent of the stairways um, yeah, at, yeah. around that track. So, yes, uh, questionable driver, but under the circumstances this week, got it done. Yeah, interesting stat. Obviously, uh, you saying that it, I think, and when we look at this tournament going back, uh, you know, a couple years down the road, maybe uh, it might just be a little outlier just in terms of how the course played. Um, Obviously, 10 birdies in the final round. Uh, I think he set the record, I believe, for, like, least putts uh, throughout the tournament. You know, everything was pretty much going his way in terms of uh, even that shot he hit into 17, going right of that pin. I think we can all uh, assume that wasn't maybe his intended line. That was a little bit of a push. When he first hit it, I'm like, that's in the water. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, on you know, you look at the hole before that, and he snap hooks a driver on 16, just like Rory did. Um, on the 10th hole in Augusta back in 2011, I believe it was when he did mm-hmm. that, I thought the door was open for Lahiri, but he chips out and then, uh, hits a very nice three iron, uh, with his third shot on 16. But yeah, you're exactly right. Then he gets on, uh, on 17. He said he pushed it a little bit, but, uh, led scared money. Don't make money as Kevin Kisner says. Yeah. You know, good week for Kevin Kisner. Uh, I'm glad Cam Smith won. You know, I think if we had Anavarn Lahiri lifting the trophy, we would have felt a little bit, uh, I don't know, it just would have been kind of a weird week. It's nice to have, obviously, Cam Smith's one of the best players in the world, so him winning, uh, 
I think was good for the PGA Tour because, uh, you know, you don't want to have a guy ranked outside of the top 300 winning, especially on a weird weather week. You might have people look back and maybe throw a little asterisk on there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, stuff I had, it was, you know, an okay week. We got the, the gen bet to hit with a little, you know, nice little hole in one there. Uh, Hovland had a hole in one as well. Yeah. Um, and we thought, we thought after there was no hole in one that first day that it was done with the weather that was coming. We thought that was done, lad. And, <laughs> yeah. And of I mean, course, geez. Yeah. It was like, it would have been plus 250 for the entire yeah. to hit the green yeah. uh, as, a, as a bet, the way that hole is playing. But, uh, I mean, I had Keegan top 20 at plus 450 to kind of right the ship a little bit. But, um, you know, on to the next week, right? A uh, bit of a Monday finish. The, the reason this pod's coming out a little later than usual is we just wanted to make sure that field was uh, solidified. And it pretty much is now. We'll obviously keep you updated as as guys drop out. But for the most part, you know, releasing it on a Wednesday here, we should be pretty much – we should be getting what we uh, – what we expect and moving into the last event of the Florida swing. We have the Valspar championship. Uh, we do have obviously the Monday finish. Well, we had a couple guys drop out, but you know, realistically pretty good field, despite the fact that, you know, we had that Monday finish. I expected more guys to, uh, to drop out the fact that we're getting, uh, some get big names here. Colin Morikawa making his debut. It should be a fun tournament to watch. One thing to look at, I guess, that we normally don't take into account too much would just be rest factor. You know, a lot of these guys finish on Monday and uh, they're only going to be able to get maybe one, you know, one practice round, maybe 27 holes in before they're, they're teeing it up. I think rest could be a bit of a factor, but for the most part, since they're just, you know, going straight down the street there in Tampa, shouldn't be too much of an issue. We have four of the top 10 players in the world this week, teeing it up 20 of the top 50. But uh, let's just kind of get into the golf course. This week, we are playing Innisbrook Resort Copperhead. It's a par 71, 7,340-yard golf course. Uh, a little interesting, the fact that it has five par threes, four par fives. And, well, I guess the one word I would use to kind of describe this course is kind of quirky, especially Florida. Florida golf courses, you normally think, okay, you know, pretty flat, uh, you know, a lot of water. And this is kind of the opposite. Uh, we have, a, you know, decent amount of elevated tee boxes, a lot of trees. So, you know, you get the wind kind of swirling around makes those, those five part threes extremely difficult. Um, I think the more you play this golf course, the easier it gets, whether it's the lines off the tees or uh, just how certain holes play, you know, based on wind conditions, the course comp I'm kind of going with this week to see where guys have had past success is, you know, Life, you know, where they had the Sony Open earlier this year, it's definitely a bit of a plotter's golf course. You have to hit your spots. Um, and it's really a tough course to overpower because just, you know, whether it's the second and third hole, you're hitting uh, irons off the, sorry, the 11th and 12th hole, you're hitting irons off the tee, um, you know, and the second and third hole. So uh, definitely going to be looking at iron players because we have, five difficult par threes. We have a lot of irons off the tee, right? That's another iron they're going to have. And then a lot of par fours, you're going to just have more than, you know, 160 yards into the hole. And that's just because you're limited off the tee of what you can hit, right? There might be a hazard out there at 255. and just makes no sense to take it on when you can just, you know, hit, hit four iron, then hit a seven iron. There's a lot of holes like that this week. Uh, so strokes gain approach is definitely one of the stats we'll be looking at, you know, 
based on scoring conditions, I'd say this is probably one of the tough, the, the tougher courses on tour, uh, especially like the past decade. When you look from a scoring t- uh, standpoint, uh, I believe the average winning score over the last uh, the last seven years is, is pretty much around 10 under par. So if you can get it to double digits, you'll have a good chance to win this week. The weather is uh, we're looking at kind of slightly breezy conditions, pretty much minimum 10 mile an hour winds every day. And that can make the golf course uh, play extremely difficult just because, uh, you know, the way this course works, you might be standing in the middle of the fairway feeling, you know, one wind coming, the wind swirls a lot, right? So you got the wind feeling 10 miles an hour off the left. And you look at the pin, the wind uh, and the pins uh, blowing from right to left. So that, that makes it extremely difficult to pull a club, especially when you do have some of the more smaller greens out here in terms of the, the grasses, you know, it's Florida course, Bermuda pretty much, uh, you know, throughout pretty grainy greens for the most part, we'll be paying attention to strokes gained on Bermuda. Um, same style yeah. as last. Same style as last week, though, with that Poe overseed. Same exact, same exact thing going on. Um, yeah, from what I've heard, these are a little grainier than those. So I think you know, before we were a little hesitant to look at the stroke skin on Bermuda, maybe on uh, uh, at the players because of the overseed. But these should be a little grainier, so we can kind of dive a little deeper into those. But will just from a golf course standpoint, you played here before, right? Yeah, and, yeah, I can definitely. I was just going to say, I can totally attest. They are much grainier uh, than the greens and sawgrass. And uh, no, you're, you're, you're spot on in the sense that we got to look at uh, strokes gained approach. I'm definitely looking at guys who can uh, work the ball both ways just as well. I don't like yeah. players that, uh, you know, if they're, you know, if they just hit a single shape, guys like throw had who just hit, a, hit only hits a cut guys like Alex Norn only hits a cut. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm staying away from players like that this week. I, I think that uh, you know guys like Ustase and guys like Lowry, a guy like McKenzie Hughes, uh, maybe a Matt Fitzpatrick, a Jason Day, guys that can really work it both ways on command. Christian Bazudenhout. Um, you know, I, I think that's the premium here. Um, and and well, yeah. like the, I mean, the one thing I'd say that's just very rare for Florida courses is just the fact that, you know, the first tee and the 10th tee, you're hitting down, I don't know, 20, 25 plus yards downhill. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously adjustment guys are going to have to make. And like you said, a lot of sharp dog legs out there. Uh, I remember when I played out there in a couple of tournaments, uh, you know, different sides of the tee box would get worn out just based on the fact that if you wanted to hit the fairway, you'd have to tee a bike on the far left side of the tee box to even have an angle. Uh, this is one of those courses that if you want to take some aggressive lines, you're definitely taking on the fact that you could clip a limb and, you know, have the Cam Smith situation where you're, uh, you know, 150 yards off the tee. Uh, so definitely going to be looking at that. Yeah. There, and there's also, you know, I, I haven't read too much about how the rough is going to be set up this week. Um, I know last week they hand mowed the rough, the players, which made it, you know, just stick straight up. It got, it got extremely tough for players that's how I remember the rough at, at, at Copperhead led uh, to be very sticky, very thick, extremely tough yeah. to get out of. I mean, you know, I, 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 I know it matters every week, but as far as the comparison to Wiley, I do think there's a bit more of an emphasis on fairways than in this brook. Certainly, certainly definitely more tree trouble as well. This is, well, when you look at the rough, if, this is one where if you, uh, you know, 
you got pine needles. Like that's one of the things that just outside what it goes from obviously fairway, semi rough, rough, and then pine needles. Sometimes you're wanting it to get into those pine needles so you can get a little cleaner strike on the ball. Yeah. So, um, in terms of the golf course signature hole wise, right? We have like the the famed snake pit with the big yeah. statue on the 16th tee yeah. there. That's hole 16, 17, and 18. 17 is uh, you know the, the tougher par three, over 200 yard. Eight, eight water hazards in the last nine holes led. So once again, this week, scared money, don't make money. Yeah, but I'd say for the most part, I know there is like a decent amount of water there. But, um, you know, besides a couple shots, you're not really like, oh, my God, I need to hit this. You know, you can pretty much lay off, lay back off the tee because you're right. You it's some- not it's not like the bear trap. It's not like the yeah. bear trap where like water yeah. is just obviously in play. Yeah, like let's say you have a 375 yard uh par four. I'm trying to think of one of those. I think it's I believe 12. Um, you got you got a 375 yard par four. Granted, you can't reach the green because there's water in front. You're just forced to hit like five iron or four iron off the tee. And it's kind of like a stress-free iron shot. It's almost hard from the sense that it's hard to focus on like an iron shot where you're just like that's one of the few times. Well, I remember going back to like junior golf career. It's like, yeah, you still need to pick a target because, yeah, uh, you know what I mean. It's just yeah. like a, a shot you can fall asleep on. So you'll see right. guys just like miss fairways with a five iron because you know, does it really matter that much? Is that does that kind of make sense? No, totally. Of, um, yeah, there's no. You can def- like, you can definitely lose um, some focus uh, on holes that don't require driver, don't require three wood. There's going to be, there's a lot of holes out there for, for these players that, uh, you know, you tee off with an iron. Easy to lose your focus when you're doing that all day. Yes. So we, Sam Burns is our defending champion. Keegan Bradley finished runner up last year. And uh, Burns, guys that- yeah. <clears throat> Burns was 70 to one coming into this tournament last year, led outside of the favorites. And in the two editions before that with Paul Casey, he was outside of the favorites as well. Yeah, so, you know, just going back to last year's leaderboard, obviously Sam Burns, he won at 17 under par. He won by three. So that that was kind of an outlier year where someone, you know, was able to go that low. Obviously, the rest of the field did, and he won by three shots. Um, Keegan finished runner-up. Other guys in the top five, Victor Hovland, if you've heard of him, Cameron Tringali, uh, Abraham Anser, they were also in the top five last year. When you look at the guys that have won here, um, you know, Paul Casey, who's not teeing up this week, one in back-to-back years. He's one of those guys that's you know pretty solid throughout the bag. Uh, he's mentioned that this is kind of the, you know, 150 and up uh, approach kind of golf course, which is where he thrives. Other winners include Charles Schwartzel, Jordan Spieth, Gary Woodland, Luke Donald, Jim Furyk. So, you know, a little bit of a mix of scrappers, bombers, and uh, obviously plotters with Luke Donald and Jim Furyk. And then Hadwin uh, in 2017, and he came into the week um, 80 to 1, 32nd in the field. So uh, it's a common trend. You know, you look down the former winners here, and uh, none, none of them come into the event as favorites. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. That. And well, I think we're looking at this. I mean, we weren't really in love with the favorites uh, this week. You know, we, we can kind of let's just run through them really quick. Uh, if there's anybody that kind of jumps out at you, we got Justin Thomas at nine to one, Colin Morikawa eleven to one. We kind of see this as more of a bit of a long shot course, so uh, you know there's no point really spending too much time on these unless we really uh, have much on them. No, and uh, you know I think if you if you want to uh, focus in on any of the any of the favorites, you have 
you have Xander there at 14 to one who missed the cut early at the players. Uh, he, he arrived on property in this Brook early. Uh, who else do you have? You have, you have called more who missed the cut early uh, at the players got here early. Like just confirming Brooks Kepka is in the field this week, right? He is. He is. He's a, little under, he's a little under the yeah, radar. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. He is. Wait. And he's another guy who missed the cut early, uh, arrived in this brook uh, early. So uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick was another one. Uh, so if, if there's anything to focus on the favorites, maybe it's the guys who got out of the, who got out of uh, the players early. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. I, I, I was, you know, I was looking at some of the numbers. I don't mind Louie at 20 to one. When you look at a guy, you know, even at Dustin Johnson, uh, that number is a little short for me at 16 to one. It's kind of like you have this top tier of guys and then it falls off. Well, when you look at like the bottom 40 guys playing this in this event, it's pretty, pretty bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah. um, that's why I think the reason we're, uh, I just, I don't know. It's tough. It, it, taking Justin Thomas at single digits or stuff like that is tough. You have Dustin Johnson, sixteen to one. You know, coming off a coming off a sixty three in the final round of the players. Well, did anybody? I mean, that's the most underrated sixty three and like not underrated, but they didn't even mention it on the broadcast. You know what I mean? No, it, it. Well, they the only I think the only shot that they showed led was that final hole out. Uh, he started on ten. He ended on the ninth. They showed that final hole out um, on that. It's a, it's a par five ninth at, at Sawgrass. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was, you know, I thought the, uh, you know, I had Dustin Johnson over uh, Louis Ustase in one of my best bets at minus 110. I thought that was gone. Um, yeah. and, and DJ decides to turn it on, which was nice. Um, at first glance, I don't have any plays with DJ this week, but it is, it's nice to see him get back into form, go low as we head into major season, led only four weeks away from Augusta National. Wow. Okay. And moving into our head-to-heads this week, I have Russell Knox over Christian Bazudenhoit minus 110. That can be found on DraftKings. Um, this really is, just comes down to, I like the number. Russell Knox is 20th off the tee, 7th approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. He's finished 33rd or better in six of his last eight starts. Well, this man has gained strokes tee to green in every PG Tour event he's played this season except one. Um, and then these aren't like those fraudulent uh, events where the, you know, the gain like 0.1 strokes T to green and it counts as gaining strokes on the field. They are solid performances. He's gained eight strokes. T to, he gained eight strokes T to green at the players and route to a sixth place finish last week, gained four at the Genesis four at Phoenix and four at pebble uh, T to green. Um, well, the one course we talked about as being our comp, so, uh, Wiley, Sony, the Sony open there, he gained seven strokes to green in route to a top 10. So I just love, uh, I love Russell Knox this week, uh, in more ways than one in terms of this first head to head. When you look at someone like Chris, Christian Bazudenhoit, he's 81st off the tee, 46th approach. He's really one of those guys that relies on the putter. Um, he does have a, you know, he does putt better than Russell Knox on Bermuda greens. That's one of the things that we're going against, but, uh, you know, what I talked about earlier is just the fact that it is a kind of a weird, quirky golf course. The more times you can play this course, the better. Um, and this is uh, Christian's first time playing this event. So the fact that uh, that Russell uh, that Russell Knox has played 26 tournament rounds here and Christian Zunhoy has played zero, I think that gives him a distinct advantage 
When you looked at how Russell has done here, he has uh, he's made the cut six times in seven starts, highlighted by four top 25s. Uh, and, you know, just how they're playing, Russell Knox is coming off a top 10 at the players. So I I think we can take advantage of the fact that the, the books see these guys equals when I don't. I think, um, you know, you look at Russell Knox, he has better course history. He's, I'd say not many guys in the field are hitting it better for, than him over the last kind of 10 plus events. So I think for this first head to head, Russell Knox over Christian Bizunhoy minus 110, that's a must play. Yeah, and I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the other side of this lead. I'm going Bazudenhout over Knox minus one ten on DraftKings. You know, I think Bazudenhout has performed extremely well around the Florida swing. Twenty fifth at the Honda, twentieth at the AP. Uh, that was his third top twenty in his last four starts, dating back to the Cali swing. Uh, and as far as Knox concerned, you know, I'm 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 in disagreement here. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's had a few top twenty finishes, uh, but when you look at uh, over the over the past months, over the past couple of years, uh, when Russell Knox finishes top ten uh, at a PGA Tour event, it's tough for him to get the wheels going again. Uh, you know, the next week he finished twelfth at Bermuda, missed the cut at Mayakoba, finished seventh at the Sony, missed the cut at the Amex, finished sixth at the Players. What's he going to do next week? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, but um, I like Bazudenhout over Knox this week. I think Bazudenhout's hitting it great. And I do, you know, I know you mentioned Knox's struggles on Bermuda. I'm looking looking at that as a sign of weakness when I'm when I'm fading Knox this week, Led. Okay, so I guess the head to head is uh, Led versus Doc minus one ten. Then, guys, <laughs> pick your poison. Um, <laughs> but uh, for my next head to head, it's Sam Burns over Matthew Fitzpatrick minus one ten. That can be found on BetMGM. Um, Sam Burns has played this event three times. I'd say he liked it. He likes this course. Uh, obviously, defending champion coming in here this week. The year before that, he finished 30th. And then the year before that, he finished 12th. Uh, the one thing we were concerned about, Will, was uh, the couple missed cuts that Sam Burns had coming into the Florida swing. And he's gotten back on track pretty quickly with a top 10 at Bay Hill. And, uh, you know, he followed that out with a decent week at, at the players. You know, he finished 26 at the players. And it was kind of one of those weeks where he played a lot better than that. You know, he had a final round 76. If he shoots 70 at the players, finishes tied eighth, maybe we look at that week a little bit differently. Maybe this head-to-head isn't even offered in that sense. Um, Sam Burns does have the ball striking back on track, and he's putting out of his mind. He's picked, he's picked up over 10 strokes on the greens since we've switched to those Bermuda greens. That's exactly what we're getting this week. Meanwhile, you got a guy like Matthew Fitzpatrick coming off a missed cut at the players. Obviously not overly concerned about that, just given the fact that we had those uh, day after tomorrow kind of conditions. When you do look at the course history, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, his last start here was a missed cut in 2018. Uh, but, well, I'm just taking this matchup, you know, for the for a couple of reasons here. I think the course history, Sam Burns, clearly uh, front runner in that aspect, obviously has a win here, has a couple other good finishes. The hot putter picking up 10 strokes on the ever since we switched to Bermuda, he's really gotten that back on track. He's starting to hit it like Sam Burns again um, since that you know little low point in the middle of the season. So, you know, Sam Burns at minus 110 over Matthew Fitzpatrick, I think is a must play just given the fact, uh, especially when you uh, add in that course history. So for my head to head, we're going Russell Knox over Christian Bazudenhoit minus 110 on DraftKings. Will, I know you hate that, but I do like that play. And then for my next uh, head-to-head, it's going to be Sam Burns over Matthew Fitzpatrick, minus 110. That one can be found on BetMGM. 
Beautiful. Moving right along uh, to my head-to-heads. Yeah, obviously, uh, me and Led going up going up uh, against each other as far as the uh, Bazudenhout and Knox matchup is concerned. I'm taking Bazudenhout over Knox, minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Went over that uh, just a second ago. My other matchup is going to be Adam Hadwin over Alex Thorne at minus 108 on FanDuel. Uh, Hadwin, a former winner of Ballaspar, has been playing excellent as of late after going through a bit of a cold spell. Finished uh, ninth at the Players, which was his second top 20 finish in his last four starts. Like I said, he's performed incredible around in Innisbrook over the years. Uh, but I think there's some big question marks for Noren as far as uh, shaping the ball around Innisbrook is concerned. Uh, he, he, you know, he has that one style stock shot, you know, the very hard pressed pinch cut. Um, I don't think it does the job. I know he, you know what, he has one top 25 finish here over the years. Um, I don't think it, it's going to be enough uh, to hold up against Adam Hadwin this week. So my first head to head is going to be Adam Hadwin over Alex Norton at minus 108 on FanDuel. Uh, my second one, I'm going Shane Lowry over Jason Kokrak at minus 130 on DraftKings Sports, but a bit expensive here. Uh, but it's fade Kokrak week. I, you know, he, he he's not strong overall in Bermuda, um, and I, I don't I don't find his uh, you know recent play around the Florida courses to be all that impressive. Twenty sixth Arnold Palmer, but fifty third uh, at the players, not driving the ball necessarily great. You know, lost almost three shots to the field to players off the tee. I mean, Shane Lowry on the other hand is uh, absolutely rolling as he as he gets started here. Uh, and the states usually starts up his uh, scheduled states around the Florida swing. Second at the Honda, thirteenth the players. Uh, you know, th- third and strokes gain approach in the field. You gotta love it. He's gonna be someone I'm looking for in the uh, picks to place as well. Uh, but to finish up my matchups here, it's gonna be Shane Lowry over Jason Kokrak at minus one thirty on DraftKings Sportsbook. So. Just uh, looking over him one more time, all, all my head-to-heads. We're going to go Adam Hadwin over Alex Norton at minus 108 on FanDuel. Christian Bazudenhout over Russell Knox at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And Shane Lowry over Jason Kokrak at minus 130 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I like most of them, Well, We're going to award one of them. We're going to award the, uh, the, the, South, the South African versus Scott in the yeah. Bazudenhout-Knox matchup. We might have to uh, just bet against each other and just eliminate that big. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for, uh, for you know, moving into our picks to place, I got four top 20s for you guys this week. Um, my first one is going to be Russell Knox, top 20 plus 275. That can be found on DraftKings. 20th off the tee, seventh approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. Um, love the amount of reps he has here. Like I said, 26 tournament rounds. Uh, you know, that's going to you know put him pretty high up there in terms of guys that have played this golf course the most and done it well. So, you know, six cuts in, uh, in seven, made the cut six times in seven starts, which we which we like. Uh, and, well, just looking at the ball striking, not many guys in the field are hitting it much better than Russell Knox, except maybe my next pick, actually. Uh, Keegan Bradley, top 20, plus 20, uh, plus 220. That can be found on DraftKings. Keegan is fourth in the field, two to green, and fourth approach relative to the field. He's picked up strokes tee to green in his last seven events. He's coming off an 11th at the Arnold Palmer and a top five at the players finish runner up at this event last year. Uh, well, the one thing I've heard is 
Last year, they had to kind of, because of COVID, they mixed around the schedule, so they didn't really play it um, the exact same, Correct. same conditions as, Cor- it, as it's normally played. Correct. Last year, they went, the last two years, they went from the uh, WGC Mexico to the players uh, to, I think, Innisbrook, but it's been shifted yeah. around quite a bit, correct? Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that Keegan finished runner-up here last year, it's going to be same lines off the tee. It's going to be uh, – you know, you, you pull up, you pull up to the clubhouse. You're still got pretty good vibes <laughs> coming in here. So I just really like the number for him this week. I think you can have a off week putting, which is pretty much every week for him and still uh, fitness top 20, no problem. So going to be riding Keegan again this week for, for top 20. Well, the one thing that is a little tough is you look at the top 20 we catched last week at, which was plus 450. obviously a little more expensive this week at top uh, at plus 220, but the field just, I mean, a lot of it is just based on the field. Uh, it's pretty top heavy and falls off a bit. So that's, you know, the reason that number isn't as low as it normally would be. Um, and Keegan's rolling. Keegan's rolling. I mean, you know, uh, 11th at AP, 5th at the players. I was, I was rooting for him down the stretch of the players. It was really unfortunate he did the same thing as Cameron Smith on 18. Uh, hit it right in the trees, hit it in the water in the second shot. Uh, but didn't putt good by it you know, really any standards last week still managed to come in fifth at TPC. Yeah. So I do like that play. Led. Yeah. And I may sprinkle a little top 10 here. The, the reason I chose top 20 is just, I, I don't want to see that T12 and us end up losing that kind yeah. of bet, that yeah. bet there. So if you can find a good number at top 10, I don't mind sprinkling that either for my next guy. It's going to be Kevin Kisner, top 20 plus 275. That can be found on DraftKings as well. This ain't no hobby. Uh, he's picked up, over five shots he to green uh, last week at the players and his best putting service is by far Bermuda. What's our course comp? Why lies Sony open finished tied third earlier this year. You know, Kisner, they say he'd be number one player in the world. If he had an extra 15 yards <laughs> to his drive, but given the fact that you're pretty limited off the tee here, I think, uh, you know, he can do some damage, uh, you know, around the greens on the greens and uh, you know, pretty much everywhere else. Uh, he's coming off a, a great performance of the players. I think he backs that up this week with another solid performance. Um, so that's top 20 plus 275 for Mr. Kisner. And then my last uh, pick to place is going to be CT Pan, Cheng Sung Pan, top 20 plus 450. Uh, little local Pan, knowledge, little local knowledge there. Little Len. local knowledge, right? He's our uh, IMG fellow alumni. Uh, he is 35th off the tee, 52nd approach, and 17th around the green. Before missing the cut at, at the players, which we're not freaking out about because we had the crazy weather, he finished 16th at the Honda, and then the week before that finished 9th at Genesis. So really been playing pretty well as of late. Uh, he picked up 10 shots to the green in, in those starts, so it wasn't some like fluky, amazing putting performance. Well, putting is definitely uh, his Achilles heel, so we like that for the course fit this week where you know if you don't hit it well, it's going to be a short week. Uh in terms of course history, he did finish 42nd here uh, last year at Valspar, but I think he can uh, kind of build on those, uh, you know, at the top 10 he had at Genesis and the 16th he had at Honda. Um, I think that number has some value just based on the fact that he's playing well. Well, if he throws up a top 20 at the players, maybe this number is plus, you know, 250 instead of plus 450. So I think it's another kind of decent number we can take advantage of. So just recapping all those. These can all be found on DraftKings. We're going to have Russell Knox, top 20, plus 275. Keegan Bradley, top 20, plus 220. Kevin Kisner, top 20, plus 275. And Cheng Sung Pan, top 20, plus 450 for my picks to place.
Yeah, moving on to uh, to my fix, picks to place here. I'll get it started here with uh, McKenzie Hughes, top 20 and plus 275 on FanDuel. Now, this is a guy who, uh, like our Munoz, Sebastian Munoz play last week, has not performed up to his standards over the past few weeks coming into this event. Uh, McKenzie hasn't, you know, he's hit the ball well, but ha- just hasn't had much to, sh- to show for as far as the scoring is concerned. He did have a top 15 finish at Valspar in 2019. And two things uh, that really stick out to me, uh, you know, as far as Hughes is concerned this week, he's middle of the pack uh, in the iron play, relatively middle of the pack when it comes to off the tee. Uh, but if he runs into any trouble with the ball striking, you know, we don't like to, we don't, we don't pay too much attention to short game, but he's 16th around the greens and third in putting on the PGA Tour. I think that's a great combination with being, for the middle of the pack ball striker, and you need that 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 elite play around the greens here. Your thoughts, Lud? Yeah, and well, these are some of the smaller greens on tour, and they do have a decent amount of slope to them. You know, if the greens start firming up over the weekend, this is like where you hit a decent nine iron, and it looks like it's going to end up twenty feet. You know, lands a little firm, kicks into the rough. These, especially with the rough around the greens, you'll kind of get comp- some of those. Uh, like flop shots yeah. where you're only trying to get it like two feet in front of you and then it rolls out 25 feet. So I think even if you're a great ball striker, you're going to have to be getting up in the ball, getting the ball up and down, you know, three or four times around to, to keep it going anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, my first place, I mean, McKenzie Hughes, top 20, uh, that plus 275 on FanDuel. My second one, Shane Lowry, top 20, plus 140. We talked about that. That's over on, uh, that's over on FanDuel as well. Uh, my last pick to place for this week is going to be Louis Oosthuizen in top 20 um, at plus 115. You know, there's always that 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 risk. You know, he's got the Monday finish. How's the back going to hold up? Um, I think it's going to be fine around a place like, like Innisbrook. Three top tens in the last four years for Louis um, at Valspar, 11th off the tee in the field. You know, and, and we, we just see time and time again – Louis is one of those players that returns to, to places that he's played well, um, and, and he performs year after year. Um, is this the year that, you know, we're finally going to see Louis break through in the winner's circle after, you know, I, I don't know how many second-place finishes last year? I don't know, but I think it's a guarantee that he's going to keep up this consistent play, keep putting himself in position, uh, whether he closes or not, is uh, is irrelevant for us this week. We're going Louis, who stays in top 20 at plus one, 115 uh, on FanDuel. Love it. Love it. And then, you know, moving into our picks to win. Um, for my first one, I am actually going to take Louis Oosthuizen. I believe he is at 20 to one in, in most books there um, on DraftKings. I was able to get him, get him at that. Um well, he's also my best bet, so I'll kind of go over that a little bit more and why I like Louis to play well this week. The fact that you're on him, you know, definitely yeah. uh, makes me happy. Uh, helps. Yeah, helps. Exactly. You know, for my next guy, uh, Abraham Answer, 35 to 1, can be found on DraftKings. Uh, this man is Xander Shoffley Light. That is, uh, that is you know, um, that's the comp I have. He's, you know, one of the few guys on tour that's top 30 off the tee, top 30 approach and top 30 in at putting uh, most seasons. So really solid throughout the bag. Um, 
think that number's gotten a little longer. You know, hasn't playing been playing great the last couple of weeks. You know, we were kind of he's going to those guys we've kind of been waiting on. You know, he's at yeah. like fee now where let's let's wait on him. He's at twenty two to one now. Let's wait till he gets to those mid thirties. Uh, that's exactly what Abraham answer is now thirty five to one. I like that for this week for him to win. My next one is going to be Bubba Watson. 50 to one Bubba has a tied fourth and a tied 13th here in his last two starts, last two starts at Valspar. I can't really think of a better course when you think of his ability to work the ball both ways. Uh, you know, he finished runner up in, in, at the Saudi event a couple weeks ago, tied 14th at the waste management shot that 68 on, uh, on, I believe it was on Friday at the players in like the most ridiculous conditions ever. So, you know, clearly, uh, has his game uh, kind of where he wants it. And, the you know, the thing I like about Bubba is he wins. You know, he's not like he's not like a Louie, right? He kind of dances around the leaderboard and, uh, you know, doesn't uh, hoist those trophy. Bubba has, you know, not surprising, I guess, but 12 PJ Tour wins, obviously a couple Masters thrown in there. If he's got a two-shot lead, uh, you know, with five holes to play, you know, probably closing it, closing yeah. it out. And, and he's one of those guys where – if he likes a course, he has a tendency to like repeat there, right? You think of, I want to say he's won Genesis twice. He's definitely won um, Travelers. I want to yeah, say maybe tra- yeah. Travelers three times, you know? So he's definitely a guy, if he likes a course, um, he'll just, you know, keep playing well there. Uh, well, this is actually going to be mixed into my Gen bet, but uh, he has a 8 a.m. tee time the first day. So he, I think he can get off to a good start on a difficult golf course here. And, uh, you know, just hang around the rest of the week. And if he's there late on Sunday, um, like we've, you know, said in the past, he has no problem closing those out. For my next guy, Gary Woodland at 50-1 to 1 as well on DraftKings. Former winner at the Valspar. He won here, uh, you know, in 2011. Uh, he has missed the cut here the last couple the couple years. But, well, he was pretty much a shell of himself uh, those last couple of years, you know, battling through those injuries. Uh, so I wouldn't really look too much into those as, oh, maybe he doesn't like <laughs> Copperhead anymore. Yeah. Um, when you see how he's playing, he's 31st approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. We like that for Mr. Geary. Uh, if his iron plays good combined with his uh, distance, uh, you know, he's obviously always a, a good pick. Coming off back-to-back top fives at the Honda Classic in Bay Hill, missed cut at players, not worried about it at all. Got a, you know, crappy uh, – got the crappy side of the draw in uh, at the players there. So don't want to overreact to that. Another guy, if he finishes top 20 at players, maybe that number is 36 to one, 38 to one. The fact that we're getting it in that 50 to one range, I think we have to take advantage of. He's picked up 11 strokes T to green um, and over nine strokes putting in the, in those last two events before the players. So at Bay Hill and, uh, and at the, the Honda there. So, um, you know, really like how he's playing uh, and, you know, play difficult golf course as well. Obviously, former U.S. Open champion. I think if we get a single digit, uh, single digit winning score here, he'll be he'll be right in there. OK, and for my final pick to win, uh, I have Aaron Wise at 90 to one. He's 17th off the tee, 29th approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. He's won on tour before. That's obviously nice to draw back on if he's, you know, he's in the thick of it on Sunday. He's picked up 17 strokes tee to green in his last two starts in route to a 17th at the Bay Hill and a 50th at the Players. 
as we know, probably one of the shakiest putters out there. He seems like a guy who's, uh, you know, musical putters out there. He's probably got, you know, five or six in the trunk this week. But uh, it doesn't matter which one he chooses. Uh, the way he's striking it right now, he could be, you know, he could be there late on Sunday. Um, so, and the, well, the reason you got to like some of these ball strikers is, you know, whether it's a Keegan or whether it's, uh, you know, some of these guys who their calling card is ball striking, whether it's a Mito, they're always pretty much a hot putter away from winning, you know? So I think at 90 to one, I, I just like uh, that number for Aaron Wise, especially when you compare him to the other guys in that area. So uh, recapping my picks to win, we got Louis. Usazen uh, at 20 to one, Abraham Anster 35 to one, Bubba Watson 50 to one, Gary Woodland 50 to one, and Aaron Wise 90 to one. And moving on into uh, my winners for this week, uh, both of these guys are coming out of the group that missed the cut early at the players. Um, and we'll start with Matthew Fitzpatrick at 24 to one. Uh, now, this is a guy who, you know, it has has been trending, has had a couple bumps in the road this year. You know, he, he came in sixth at Pebble, ninth at the Arnold Palmer, then, of course, missed the cut of the players uh, due to the bad draw things. But, uh, you know, has really played solid. I think a lot of people are waiting on him to get that first PGA Tour win. And I think the story match is going to it's gonna line up perfectly this week. Uh, his brother, Alex Fitzpatrick, is going to make his PGA Tour debut at Dallas Bar. And I'm sure there's good vibes in, in the – and the house that they're staying at, I'm sure, you know, each night's going to be stress-free. Um, and, I, and I think this course, you know, as far as uh, having to pinpoint around uh, the golf course, the way he plays on Bermuda, uh, how good his iron play is, I think a lot of things are going to match up for him this week. 67% driving accuracy. Um, you know, I, I like Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think, I think you have to uh, – to put something on him this week. And that's going to be my first pick to win Matthew Fitzpatrick, 24 to one um, on FanDuel. Okay. And then my second pick to win this week, it's going to be a guy that I had last week who missed the cut early at the players uh, due to, you know, the random weather that swooped into uh TBC sawgrass. It's going to be Jason day at 46 to one uh, on FanDuel. And, you know, you kind of have to scratch the players out for Jason Day in a sense because he had a great start to round one shot, three or four under, um, you know, and then just got, you know, uh, absolutely crushed by the wind, by the rain. Uh, he was right in the middle of things. So that was a scratch of an event for him. You really have to look back. You have to remember, finished third at the Farmer, 24th at Pebble Beach. You have to remember, you know, working with Chris Como now, flying drives around golf courses, working it both ways. I mean, does that sound like a winning recipe at Innisbrook or what? I mean, um, and there's still that factor, you know, I, I, you know, I have Jason Day. I put a futures in Jason Day to win the Masters last week, and I think he's going to squeeze out a win before then. I really think he's going to step back in the winner's circle. So my second pick to win this week is going to be Jason Day at uh, 46 to 1 on FanDuel. And uh, Led, let's move right into these uh, into these dark horses. Yeah, well, just it's funny looking back at that players, uh, you know, they got the players' championship there, where you know there was a three and a half shot difference between those two waves. Yeah, but uh, that's on average, right? So some people might have had six shot differences. You know, if you're you're playing seventeen at the wrong time, I don't care uh, how good you're playing. They were describing it like 
obviously if you had a golf shot perfect maybe the wind uh doesn't hit it too much but if you catch that thing like you know 95 percent uh perfect it thing i mean the thing was going two to three clubs yeah. shorter than it normally would so uh, yeah 60 69 78 for day last week you know he, he was right in the middle of all that uh you know as the second round rolled around so um sure. you know guys like fitzpatrick guys like day um, I look at the players as a total wash. And even for guys like Morikawa, Kepka, and Xander, you know, I, it just, I'm not going to say it wasn't fair. You know, I know there was that big debate about, you know, oh, should, you know, should the second round have been canceled? Look, that's golf. It's an outdoor sport. Yeah. Uh, you got to roll through the conditions, but um, yeah. you can't help but to think a few of these guys, you know, saw the weather, maybe a little packing in and on to next week. Yeah. You know, Woodland was in that same boat. I remember him getting to, you know, four or five, <clears throat> or I want to say in that first round. And the next thing you know, he's, uh, he's done. So <laughs> he's done. So you keep, it's one of those things like, Oh, he's top five. And, and then you cannot stop scrolling to find him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But moving into our dark horse, a familiar name, Mito Pereira, a hundred to one. I just have to keep betting this guy. Luckily, um, you know, he's gotten us a couple of top twenties to where he can, uh, you know, he can, he can pay for uh, a couple of those bets every week, but you know, Mito Pereira at a hundred to one, he's eighth off the tee, ninth approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. He's gained strokes approach in his last four rounds. Like we said, this is a bit of a second shot golf course. Most of these guys are gonna be able to hit the fairway off the tee with, with the long irons um, and stuff like that. But uh, I'm, I'm just riding Mito Pereira till, till he wins, you know, uh, you know, this number, has fluctuated all over the place this year. It's been 200 to one, you know, as high as 200 to one at Genesis. And then the next week it's like, he's 40 to one at the Honda. So I think hundred to one, I like that number. Obviously his fellow countryman, Joaquin Neiman getting across the, uh, the finish line there uh, a couple weeks ago at Genesis, you, you know, it's nice to see obviously when one of your friends does that, when you play with them all the time, you know, you beat him a couple times a week and you're like, okay, maybe I can do this. Um, Miscut at players, not concerned at all about it. Uh, but like you said, he had a solid week at the Genesis where he, he cashed out top 20 for us, backed it up with a 30th at the Honda. Um, so, you know, I just love Mito Pereira. Whenever I can get him in triple digits, I'm going to take him, especially this isn't exactly our strongest field. Like we said, we do have some studs playing, but it's pretty much a drop off after we get outside the top 10 favorite. So my dark horse, Mito Pereira, 101 on DraftKings. Beautiful. My dark horse for this week is going to be Adam Spenson. Uh, top 20 at plus 410. We're going back to Spenson uh, this week at Innisbrook. Led and I, we, you know, we both benefited on playing him at the Honda a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I think Innisbrook is a course that sets up even better for him than PGA National. You know, he's not going to have to worry about <clears throat> bombing it as much around Innisbrook. And he's proving to be one of the best up-and-coming iron players um, on tour. You know, and I, and I, and I think uh, this is a course that's really going to suit him well. Um, obviously, you know, has had success around the Florida swing. So, uh, my dark horse is going to be Adam Svensson top 20, um, at plus 410 and led. I'll just, I'll just work. I have one degenerate pick of the week. I'll work us right into that. Love uh, it. my degen pick of the week is to be Denny McCarthy top 10 at plus 700. Uh, now hear me out. You know, a lot of people are going to go look at, you know, we've talked about approach, you know, how, how important approach shots are around here. You're going to see Denny McCarthy. It's been, you know, losing almost two shots to the field on average in approach. Uh, Dare but, I say to Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, I like that. To Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy for this week. 
if you look back, you know, you look at the players last week, hit the ball terrible off the tee, hit his irons okay, finished 60th. Uh, but, you know, if you look back over the past three weeks, has not hit his irons that well. But you look at the way he putts, you look at the way that he performs around Bermuda Greens, all we're asking for is one good week with the irons. And I feel like this is the course that it could possibly happen. Uh, works the ball both well as equally as well. Uh, plays incredible. And, and you know, when, when the conditions get rough, he's one of those guys that made it through the conditions last week, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, I, he, he showed some success early at Pebble at the Amex early on in the, in the spring season, six at the Amex, 12 at Pebble. I did Jim pick this week. Denny McCarthy top 10 at plus 700. All we ask for is those irons get hot this week, Glenn. Love it. Love it. And then for my degenerate bet of the week, I have Bubba Watson, first round leader, 40 to one. Here's a little sprinkle on that. Okay. 8 a.m. tee time. Absolutely love. He's going to get those soft greens. going to get those perfect greens out there. Um, like we said, Bubba's played well here. Tied fourth, tied 13th in his last two starts. So much firepower for a guy like Bubba. Can work it both ways. He's not worried about a tree. I mean, the guy seems like he'd rather be behind a tree than uh, middle of fairway, 150 yards out. Um, you know, that's what you're going to have to do at this golf course. Well, I can remember there's a couple of holes. If you're in the left side of that fairway, you're going to have to hit a, you know, I guess for a lefty, uh, like a 20 yard slice around the, around the trees yeah. to, to have a chance out there. Um, we like work. The we, most, we like workability. We do like workability. And then this, so this is a two part gen bet here. So it's, it's going to be both uh, just sprinkling on some first round guys for my other guy. I really like Johnny Vegas, first round leader, a hundred to one. He's another guy. He's got that 8 a.m. tee time, going to be going off early. He can post and then just sit there and wait. He's coming off a miscut at the players, got hosed by the wave. We are not worried about it at all. I think that number is a little more juice than usual because of that um, miscut last week. One of the best ball strikers in the field, third off the tee, 16th approach. Uh, you know, all, he's always one good putting a day, one good putting day away. Uh, from, uh, you know, shooting a low one. Best surface, Bermuda, love it. And Ve Johnny Vegas has the second-best first-round scoring average in the field behind Pat and Gazire. So absolutely love uh, Johnny Vegas, 100-to-1 first-round leader. You know, you don't have to put your mortgage on it. Just a little sprinkle there at 100-to-1. Uh, you know, could, you, you could fill up your car with gas at this point uh, if, <laughs> if we get that to hit. So, yeah, Bubba Watson, 40-to-1. Johnny Vegas, 100-to-1 for my first-round leader okay and into uh my DraftKings lineup led actually took the lead last week it is five to four led uh so i looked at time this week i'm gonna start here we go louis oosthuizen matthew fitzpatrick who's one of my winners this week mckenzie hughes who i have uh, as a top 20 uh doc redmond who finally uh, you know uh, performed had a, had a decent performance last week at the players uh, adam spenson who is my my dark horse this week? And then JT Poston, uh, who I'm looking for. You know, he JT Poston, one of those guys, got absolutely screwed in the waves last week. I'm looking for him to rebound uh, with a good finish at Valspar. Uh, so, Ustazen, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Mackenzie Hughes, Doc Redman, Adam Spenson, and JT Poston um, as I look to Thailand this week. Love it. Love it. And then for. My DraftKings lineup, I'm going to go Louis Ustazen, Gary Woodland, Keegan Bradley, Cameron Tringali, Russell Knox, and Taylor Moore. Uh, well, it was kind of a tough week to uh, 
you know, to choose our kind of DraftKings lineup, I feel like, man, that thing fell off after uh, the first couple of guys. I was like, oh, I almost had to take a Monday queue to fill out this thing if I wanted to. Yeah, a little, a little cure that shappy ball rod action. I yeah, just, I, 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 I uh, yeah. Yeah, he Monday did. I think he shot, uh, I, sh- I should know this off the top of my head. He shot, he shot five under uh, to Monday through. Uh, a little wild off the tee, though, for my liking here. I'm not, I'm not going to throw out a Monday this week. You know, a guy named Patrick Flavin uh, lost in a playoff on Monday. And he has, he's qualified for two PGA Tour events this year, two top 25 finishes. Uh, I was yeah. looking forward to it. When, when I saw his name around there, I was like, I'm taking Patrick Flavin at Dallas Bar if he qualifies. But that's not going to be the case this week. No Monday cues for me this week. Yeah, I mean, I, Kyrdech has a little bit of uh, advantage over everyone. You know, he loves to rip a, a nice little sig there. So if that wind <laughs> swirls, swirls in those Innisbrook, uh, you know, in those Innisbrook trees, he might yeah. have to, you know, better. Might throw better some of this competition off with the, uh, with the, with the good Thai cigarette aroma, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Now, but, moving uh, in moving into our scores led, let's refresh listeners on the uh on the on the weather a bit for this week and then uh, we'll toss out our uh, prediction for the score. Yeah, so for the most part, they're going to be looking at, you know, minimum 10 miles an hour wind every day. You know, it's Florida, who the hell knows? Uh in terms of I mean, you just go back to last week to see how uh, <laughs> crazy the weather can get. Um you know, we're not going to be dealing with freezing temperatures or anything. We're in Florida, but uh, in terms of, I think guys might go a little lower than we think just based on the fact that we're supposed to, it's like 50% chance of rain on Saturday. So most of these courses in Florida normally start out, you know, pretty, pretty soft on Thursday. And then they kind of get more baked out as the week, as the, as the week goes on. But if we're getting that Saturday rain, maybe the course plays a little softer on the weekend than we might've originally expected. Uh, over the last seven years, that average uh, winning score has been 10 under. So for my score prediction, I'm going to go with 12 just based on, you know, a little bit of softness over the weekend. I think we go a little uh, lower than we normally would. And I'm going to go with 18 under, which would tie the uh, the course record here led set by wow. VJ, VJ Singh in 2004. I, you know, um, I'm hoping that the win stays uh, on the lower side of what it's predicted. Um, and I think guys will just be firing away. So uh, my scoring prediction is going to be 18 under, and I'll move this right into our best bets here. I'll start off. I'm going to go Kevin Kisner over Danny McCarthy minus 120 on DraftKings Sportsbook. But, but Will, you, you, you just took Danny McCarthy as your degen bet. Well, here's the thing. If McCarthy ends up beating Kisner, which I'm not saying is likely – I guarantee it'll be a top 10 finish and that and our degen bet will hit, but let's be, you know, the, the gin bet is, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to make half court shots. Let's get real here for my best bet. Kevin Kisner, you know, as led talked about earlier in the, in, in the podcast is playing spectacular. He plays amazing around Bermuda greens. Um, and, and this course, you know, it, it sets up perfect for him. So my first best bet is going to be Kevin Kisner over Denny McCarthy, minus 120 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, and my second one is going to be that Shane Lowry top 20 plus 140 ticket uh, that, I, that I talked about a little earlier. Um, and, you know, looking back on Lowry, second at the Honda, top 15 of the players, and he's third in approach. Three things that I, I think uh, you love to see coming into this week in Valspar. 
as he recovered from that hangover after that hole in one, I'm sure the bar got absolutely bought out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that that uh, I'm sure you're right. Him and Cam Smith, because Cam Smith has a little routine now where he, uh, you know, during the week he buys he buys the caddies uh, free pizza. I saw that free beer, free pizza. So uh, it's a cool little thing that they got going on. Yeah, for sure. Love it, Will. And for my best bet, I'm going Louis Usain top 10 plus 180. Finished 42nd at the players. Was really a much better week than that. Similar to Sam Burns. Final round 76. Kind of, uh, you know, maybe he finishes top, you know, T12, T15 with a good final round. So if he would have shot, you know, played better that final round, maybe this number is plus 140, plus 150. So the fact that we're getting that top 10 at plus 180, I think we can Take advantage of that. That number is certainly juiced a little bit. Last four starts at Valspar, tied seventh, tied 16th, runner-up, and a tied eighth. He's gained strokes tee to green in four of his last five starts. Just another guy who is so solid throughout the bag. Well, this guy literally never misses the cut. He hasn't missed the cut since the 2020 RSM. I know he kind of sets up shop in Ocala, only plays two events a uh, two events a month kind of guy. But, you know, that's pretty incredible streak we got going there i want to say that's got to be one of the longest on tour you know going back uh you know year and a half to his last missed cut as we know louis is a bit of a podium guy you know hasn't really uh his only pga tour win is the british open which will would you consider that uh, a pga tour event the british open (laughs) you know i would and i also think uh golf should consider podiums yes i saw a tweet about that yeah (laughs) It's interesting because Louis would make it. Uh, Louis would have, you know, Louis's uh, story would be told a little differently if there was podiums at golf. You know, he'd have yeah. what, like, he'd have he'd have twenty, you know, silver medals, you know, per se. Yeah, I think that Netflix would be a little more compelling if we had those podiums. Uh, speaking of, yeah, we we saw the the drop that went on at uh, the. Uh, yeah, the, I thought that. I thought it, it was the uh, the burger. Uh, you know, Berger hit his uh, his second shot in the water on 17, and then Domin and Hoblin called him out on it. And uh, if you look at the replay, yeah. it's pretty close call, but uh, I think yeah, I'm little, Team Berger. Little, I'm team Berger. I, I am Team Brad. Looking at that pro chaser on the TV, I'm Team Berger. Uh, but interesting to see how uh, Berger nor Domin uh, talked to media after, so it wasn't a Netflix act. It's confirmed. Yeah. And, well, speaking of podium finishes, you know, you go back to last year, Louis Usaisen had six top three finishes without a win. Uh, somehow in this PGA Tour year, granted, he hasn't played that many events. He hasn't registered a top 10 yet this year. I think if anyone's due for one this week, especially on a tough golf course, Will, when you think of uh, the Copperhead course here, you know, Louis is one of those guys that kind of hangs around, especially, you know, in the, in the majors. Uh, I think, you know, realistically – if this thing is single digits, this course is going to play kind of uh, closer to a major than uh, the John Deere Classic. So, you know, I do, I really think Louis Lusaison's due for a, for a good week this week, especially when you look at the field. Obviously, we have he's in that top tier, guys, and then it really falls off a bunch. So a top 10 could be, you know, seven, eight under this week. So I think he's more than capable of doing that. So Louis Lusaison, top 10 plus 180, that can be found on DraftKings for my best bet of the week. And that will do it here on the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, led great work today. If uh, you have any questions or concerns, you can uh, chat us on the social medias. You can find James on Twitter, at James Ledbetter. You can find him on Instagram, at James Led. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at drmedia59 and on Instagram uh, at King Doctor One. Let anything else. Well, let's just throw out a sleeper for March Madness. You know, I feel like uh, you got. You have a team that you're thinking about. I'm going to go with uh, Virginia Tech. Make it a little bit of a run. I, uh, you know, obviously just won the ACC championship, uh, which we love, and then also the fact that they are uh, they are driven by their point guard Storm Murphy, who was Fletcher McGee's uh, teammate at Wofford when they kind of made their run a couple years ago. He's like the 24 year old uh, redshirt senior. I absolutely love. So for my little sleeper pick, I'm taking Virginia Tech to take a, you know, make a little bit of a run here uh, in March. Yeah, I think uh, I think South Dakota State is just going to absolutely pounce uh, through Love that it. Midwest Conference. They got this guy named Douglas Wilson, who I've been keeping track of, uh, shooting 57% of the field, averaging 5.5 rebounds a game. I think he's going to be a problem. I think he's going to be kind of that uh, – you know, just that fuel that uh, we've seen in the past year. So like kind of a player that uh, sparks a big run, kind of like a John Moran from Murray State. Yeah, and this will, you know, I thought we might as well get into uh, picking some tournament winners. Obviously, we got the Dell match play coming up, so uh, we'll be warmed up for that. Uh, we might have a little different look to the show, maybe just because of the way the format of that event will maybe uh... – know one uh one episode a night a little short episode something like that yeah it's gonna be a lot like the Ryder cup format we'll kind of regroup every night nothing too long five to ten minutes uh then get out of there give you your picks and get out of there so uh yeah exciting couple weeks ahead and then the masters in four weeks led locked and loaded locked and can't wait well let's have a good week at the valve bar great work today led see you next week